Let's go. <laughs> Good evening. My name is Jay Rothman. I am the host of the show. I uh, actually, if you happen to miss last week's episode, like I did, my first one, welcome <laughs> back to episode 155. But here is a clip. Enjoy it. But this limiting belief, I had to dig deep and ask myself where that came from. It wasn't mine. It was, it was negative experiences that I was going through within school. But also, you know, I had to ask myself, had it been programmed down to me from, you know, those people that were looking after me? You know, when I started to believe that I, I can't, what was really underneath it was, was, did I want to? Or did I know how to? So when I was able to skill myself in certain things that I didn't feel I could do, then that gave me the confidence. It gave me the self-esteem. But most importantly, it gave me my personal power back. You see, when we say we can't do something, straight away we're externalizing our own personal power. And we're not accepting that the hard truth is that we can. Welcome back to Real Men, Real Talk, live! Welcome back to Real Men Real Talk Live. This evening, I am excited to introduce my co-host. We have Evis Love, the man of the land from down under. Mm. He calls himself the Aboriginal. Welcome back from Australia, Evis Love. As always, my brothers, <laughs> sisters on the other side of the pond. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Looking forward to another <laughs> deep show. As, uh, as we warm up ourselves and uh, we choose love this evening, Evis Love, um, I want to introduce uh, my co-host coming in from Southern California, a.k.a. Jay Riddy Josh Richard. Welcome back. Good to be here, guys. Welcome back, Jay. We missed you, brother. I missed you, too. It felt like a void. You know, it was very different last Thursday night. First time in over three years that I wasn't in the presence of three men that I call my brothers. And I have incredible love in my heart for each one of you. I did miss mm. you. I'm so glad to be home. Uh, Jeff Fasano. He calls Nashville, Tennessee, home today. Welcome back to Real Men Real Talk Live. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm ready to uh, rock and roll this uh, mm -hmm. schmooze fest. So tonight's episode is 155. We are at the 155 episode. Tonight's episode is all about constructing our sphere from the words we hear. Ev, you want to kick us off, light us up, get us hot, and get us going on Real Men Real Talk Live tonight? What does this mean to you? Constructing us fear from the words we hear. Mm. Look, just even those definitions. Uh, but before I dive in, my brothers and sisters, as always, here from the land down under, thank you, thank you, thank you. From us brothers here at Real Men, we'll talk a lot about you guys. Uh, we would simply be four brothers sitting around, as I said last week, having a yarn. So you know, we really appreciate <laughs> you with gratitude and um, really uh, appreciate if you'd share it out into your communities, into your 
hemisphere. But interesting question, Jay, because when I think of the sphere, straight away I'm thinking of this sphere. I'm also thinking of the sphere around us, those people within it, those places that we're in, the environments that we're at, and how these particular things that are coming out of my mouth now are creating the reality or that sphere that I'm living in. Now, one thing that I'll really, really start off with here that's quite important when we understand, you know, this, this, this language that we use and this, this communication that allows us to at least give us some sort of reality or life that actually either aligns with our vision, purpose, goals, needs, dreams, desires, or it does simply not align to those particular things. Now, we have this power of words to help create that uh, reality. Simply putting it, your thoughts are creating your words. The words are the materialize or the verbalization of the thoughts we're thinking. Now that's a little bit deep to uh, listen to right there. But as we get into this show, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it and why it's important to understand even our self-talk, the language, the words that we use for ourselves, that actually uh really influences the conversations and the way that we communicate not only to other people but how we communicate to the environment or the sphere that we're in so when we're thinking about just even some of those words that i've used now i'm going to ask you my brothers and sisters just even on this space this little little bit of an intro how do these words make you feel how does the tone of my voice make you feel how does that silent pause make you feel? How does my posture make you feel? How does my facial expression make you feel? Words are powerful, my brothers, and I'm looking forward to diving in deep tonight. Mm-hmm. First yeah. off, I'm digging on the light. Mavis is light. Look at that. Like a, <laughs> like a thing happening here, Jeff, and I just wanted to bounce your book in the back just to remind our brothers and sisters too. <laughs> we got a few of them in a studio tonight don't we yep mine's right there at the coffee table right. power yeah. of the words in that book my friend what's what's mm-hmm. what's your thought on these power of words that create the sphere jeff um hmm, hmm, hmm. i mean that's the that's the change in my life these days how i'm how i am uh how i'm speaking to myself um how i am of finding um, out how I used to speak to myself. Everything was pretty much what isn't there, what I'm not, um, nitpicking at at myself and shifting that into um, more positive affirmations about myself and my life. Not so much, I mean, yeah, about myself, but also about my life. How we look at our life and what we are saying and speaking about our life. Um, I, I mentioned that last week. A big shift was um, moving from uh, looking at what isn't in my life to what is in my life. The gratitude of, of everything that's happening in my life. All the wonderful things as opposed to focusing on what isn't happening. And... Um, and then the words behind all of that. This is what's not happening. This is what isn't happening. And then we just, you know, 
that we start to get, like I mentioned last week, get into scarcity or, or fighting the deprivation all the time of constantly seeking what isn't. And what comes, it's, it's, a, it's using more powerful, positive, positive affirmations about ourselves, what we're speaking to ourselves. And then if we look at how we speak to ourselves, we can then look at how we speak to others and how we show up for others as, as we are showing up for ourselves. What, how are we communicating with others? What are we saying about us? What are we thinking about others? Are we always looking at others and other things in our life negatively as opposed mm -hmm. to positive? Always picking out aspects of another person that you don't like. There's a difference between that and maybe, you know, resonance and vibration of, of another because everything is energy. So what I've been learning is, is using more positive affirmations, but being more conscious of all the wonderful things that are going on in my life and not complaining about all, this, all the wonderful um, things that are going on in my life and all the wonderful people in my life. And then when we begin to do that, we can begin to siphon off the things and those who aren't in that sphere of resonance, that high vibrational resonance, those who uplift us, those who champion us, as we continue to speak to ourselves by being our own champions. Beautiful, Jeff. God, there's so much in there. <laughs> so much in there. Mm. And, and before we, we move on from self-talk, because, uh, gosh, there's so much to unpack between the two of you guys, Ev and Jeff. What an opener. Um, I'm just going to share that self-talk is supremely, supremely um, important to me because uh, for me, it's what took what I allowed uh, to take me down. Um, and, you know, I used to pride myself on, you know, I was a perfectionist and I, uh, you know, had this high work ethic for myself and I pushed myself and what, um, and, and priding myself on that wasn't the best thing uh, for me because it wasn't positive. Uh, experience. It wasn't a positive trait. What it meant was that I was super critical, like you were talking about, Jeff. I put so much pressure on myself. Um, and even when I did uh, perform at high levels or win, it was never enough. So I never celebrated my wins. And so I was just on this mm. vicious treadmill of just beating myself up and being supremely critical and harsh. I mean, my internal self-talk you would never say that to another human. Um, I mean, the really brutal things I said and um, pushed myself and was just, um, I was a shitty person to myself. And what that equated to and what that does in our body is it, it releases uh, cortisol and stress chemicals. I mean, it's as if someone's yelling at you, saying all those nasty things to you, but it's coming from inside and you can't turn it off or you don't think you can turn it off. Um, and so, yeah, until I learned that I could police that talk um, and interject and uh, what we call reframe uh, some of those dialogues that were going on inside of my head, my head was a really awful place to live. And uh, it is absolutely why I drank um, to numb and silence that voice, that critic. And absolutely uh, why I stood on the edge of that sixth floor parking garage that day, ready to jump, was to silence that 
voice. I was tired of living with that voice for a decade. Um, and it was truly brutal. Um, absolutely horrific. So yes, self-talk, uh, is a very, 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 um, near and dear place in my heart because it, uh, a thousand percent almost took me down. Mm. And, uh, also a thousand percent when I got good at reframing was absolutely, like you said, Jeff, noticing, being grateful for all the wonderful things we do have. My life changed. It's a lens. Our language is a lens that we see the world through. There you go. And that lens can be dark. It can be negative. It can be scary. It can be horrific. It can be brutal. It can be critical. Or when we start to look around and notice what we do have, um, we have these amazing people around us, like you said, Jeff, these amazing things going on in our, our lives. So, yeah, I self talk is huge. I'm curious, Josh. Uh, well, first and foremost, I want to thank each one of you men tonight because you know it's simple, not easy showing up here each week, telling on ourselves, speaking our truths, <laughs> acknowledging how we used to show up in life and, and how we have how we have pivoted or shifted in our life because of some of the work we may have done or continue to do. And I just want to take a moment just to honor each one of you right here, right now, 13 mm. minutes into episode 155, and you're already dropping truth bombs. I'm going to show one of my own, but before I go there, I do want to ask you, Josh, mm -hmm. how did you navigate your way off the sixth floor of the parking garage? Meaning how did you, what, if there's, is there one thing that you could share with our viewers and listeners? What was one thing that you did to change your relationship with your self-talk? How did you navigate? How did you change the course of your life? Is there one was, particular thing? Well, it was the pivot. Um, well, for one, I, I, I chickened out. I tried twice to run and leap. And I chickened out. So now I was even critical on myself that I couldn't even do that right. And I was a failure at that. And I was, in the, I was a failure at life. I was a failure to my friends. I was a failure to everybody, including myself. I couldn't even kill myself. So when I got out of that critical moment, I knew that everything had to change. Like top to bottom. Like everything had to change. And as I started to discover that everything even included things as small as our words. Now you wouldn't think our words make that big of a difference, but that's what we're here to unpack tonight. They mean everything. It becomes your sphere. It becomes mm -hmm. your world. The words you hear from others, the words we allow to take in from others and the words that are inside our head to ourselves mm. and the words we use with others. So mm. um, it was change. I decided to change everything. And in that discovery of changing everything is where I got cued in on my language. Um, and that's what saved me mm. a, a thousand percent. Mm. That's what saved me. So, yeah, that's, that's beautiful, Josh. Uh, I want to share um, a truth about my life. Um, I don't even know if Mary's even aware of this story. I'm going to share it perhaps for the first time. I remember being a teenager 
And at the time, I absolutely loved Supertramp. Mm -hmm. There is two songs that stood out at that time, but one song in particular had such a huge impact on my adulthood. It was a song called uh, You're Nothing But a Dreamer. Mm -hmm. And it's a song that one day my mom said to me, you're nothing but a dreamer, Jay. Mm. Now, what, what those words, how those words impacted me in that moment, I didn't receive it as a thank you, mom. I received it as you're not going to make anything of yourself in your life. You're nothing but a dreamer. Mm. You don't have what it takes. Now, she didn't say those words to me, but that is how I received it right here in my heart as a 17 year old teenager. In that moment, I sat with it. I felt it. And what those words that came from my mom's mouth did for me is it created my drive to show my mom that I was not just a dreamer, but that I can create, that I'm not a loser. And those words was the power tool that brought me into my career. Now, on some level, it, it, was a, it was a positive negative. I turned the negative words spoken, how I received it. Mm-hmm. And I, at, the, at that time, in my 20s, 30s, and 40s, I used it as my power tool to prove what my mom said to me. And at the same time, it was always there in the background playing. I always heard it. I never forgot those words spoken. I'm not sharing this because I'm here to blame my mom. My mom probably has no recall of that. And I never really, I don't think I asked her what did she mean by that. But I will tell you this is that it 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 was the driver for me to prove to my own mom that I'm more than a dreamer, that I could create something. I could achieve something in my life. Now, but here's what happened is that I took it to the extreme, meaning that it it actually created part of that storm within. Like, well, if I only work eight hours a day, I won't succeed. I won't be enough. So I had to push it to 12 hours a day. I became a workaholic. And there Mm -hmm. were many days where I wasn't satisfied with 12. I had to go to 15. Because in the background, that song was always playing in a very subliminal, subconscious Mm -hmm. way that I never let go of. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. for years, it it actually, it felt like it unknowingly at the time, it it was my driver Mm -hmm. to to prove to somebody that I wasn't Mm -hmm. how I perceived what she said. But looking back now, at the same time, it caused the perfect storm for me because I worked, I worked too many hours and I, I was always striving and pushing myself beyond what was good for me. And eventually it contributed to health conditions to pop up in my life. Now, that wasn't the only reason. Of course, I wasn't doing anything to help myself. You know, I was eating toxic, dirty, disgusting food. I became a pack-a-day smoker amongst the other addictions that I picked up along the way. Again, I'm not here to, to blame my mom, but it is part of my story, and it is part of my story that impacted my adult life until I hit my rock bottom. 
Mom, I love you. <laughs> I just want you to know that I'm not angry at you for that. It just was part of my story. But we all have these moments in our life, especially in our teenage years, and maybe even younger, in our younger years, where we have, as a parent, we don't really have a consciousness around how what we say is going to impact our child, not just in that day, but we take that, we carry that into our adulthood because the child within does not grow up. The child within was always 17, hearing that you're nothing but a dreamer. Mm. So I'm speaking these words because this is important. If you are a parent and you're raising children right now, even if your children are adult children, I invite you to be very, very conscious, mindful of the words we speak, mm -hmm. the language we speak them within, the tone we speak, and even the visual in which we speak those words. You know, I was, I was with a client this morning and I was talking about, we were sharing some things from our childhood and a memory came back to me. I remember, you know, my dad was, he, he, he believed he used physical punishment. And I remember, you know, those times when he didn't even have to take the belt off to spank me. All he had to do was just put his hands right here at his waist. And that kid knew what was coming next. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Those are the imprints. Those are the tattoos that we receive in our childhood that we that we carry into our adulthood. And mm -hmm. it impacts us in so many ways, the subconscious, the unconscious and the conscious ways. What do you make of that, Evis Love? Hit it on the head again, my brother. But first of all, thanks for sharing that story, Mr. Off the Man. Mm -hmm. You know, I think people really got to start to, like you mentioned, understand the language we use, particularly to our young'uns, um, we call pariahs in our culture, because these imprints like Jay's talking about, there is a voice. There's a, there's a little voice in all of our heads and all around us that's always listening. And Jay mentioned who that voice is, and it's the subconscious. The subconscious has no discrimination, brothers and sisters, but at those earlier ages, as a pariah, as a child, we are in theta brainwave state. We're still taking all the information in as if it is real, as if it is believable. So there is no discrimination whether there is something that is right or wrong. So by us making a conscious effort as adults now in our own presence, we have to be really clear, conscious, and communicative about what words we're actually using, not only for our kids, but most importantly, like I mentioned at the start, for the words we use to ourselves. Because that subconscious mind, when you speak a word, like I mentioned, you're basically verbalizing or materializing a thought. That thought, that word, becomes imprinted as a belief into the subconscious. Now, listen to me here. This is where it gets important. Not only does that imprint within your own subconscious through repetition, but all the people around you, their subconscious too. What does this mean? This means that we are a collective of the superconscious mind. So, when we take conscious effort to actually look at our own language that we're speaking and the words that we're using, 
we can then now take our own power back and also be a power of the divine, of source itself. So for me, even just with that reel that you shared at the intro, Jay, you know, that was me. That was me as the child where I was told I was stupid. You know, what are you doing? Are you stupid or something? That mm. imprint over time actually carried into the schoolwork. So if I wasn't getting the grades or the marks that I was, you know, pressured to actually feel like pressure to get in, then I felt I was stupid in those areas of my grades. Mm. So I had to teach myself. I had to imprint my own subconscious. And, man, I'm, I'm talking early ages here. What I was doing, now that I'm aware of what I was doing, was quite crazy at that particular age because I was using subconscious reprogramming at a very young age. Like I've mentioned, through the words, the repetition, left brain, the imagery, right brain, pictures, visualization. So when we can balance both of those hemispheres, we bring the subconscious conscious, now we can recreate the story we're seeing out in the real world. I'd say this, Ev, is that it, what you just shared is brilliant. So whatever whatever you, you heard, whatever you were in that moment believing as truth because it was said to you, clearly that's not true. Story. Just a story. Hmm. Uh-huh. A, be- a belief. Wow. How- and not even our story. Right. I mean, imagine. How many of these words are passed down from our grandparents to our parents and then our parents to us? I mean, they're just raised, you know, regurgitating what we hear, what we heard, what we grew up with. And we Pro- even use these words on other Josh, people. Right? It's the program, yeah. right, Josh? Yeah. So if we are a parent today, I don't care what age our children are, how do we change our relationship with the programming? that we received as a child growing up in our homes so that we don't continue to lay that same programming into our children, even if they are adult children. How do we break the cycle? What does that look like? What, what is, how can we do that? If we're so, we've been programmed, it's just, it's all, almost like it's on autopilot. It's not, it's not terribly hard. We just have to notice. Ah, mindfulness, did you say? Just watch, become a thought, become a thought watcher, become a language, you're listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth. We're, we're so just on autopilot that that was what I started to do was I started to notice for the first time ever. There you go. What's going on up here? What's going on mm. out here? What am mm. I projecting to the world? What am I telling the world about me? And once you start to take notice of those words, like Jeff was just talking about listening to lately, like you go, wow, is this really what I want going on? Is this really what I want to live with? Is this really what I want to put out in the world? Mm -hmm. It's completely under control and we can change it. It just like I was saying too, it takes repetition Catching the way I the way I did it was I would pick a critical word and for a month I would watch whenever I'd say that word and I would reframe it into a new, more positive word. Mm 
and restate the sentence out loud or restate the sentence in my head mm. that I had used on myself. Mm. And I watched one word for a month. Mm. And what happens is the brain gets really tired that you're doing that and burning energy. And so the brain will pick up the new word and automate it. It's like, okay, if you're going to keep, you know, reframing and automating or trying to, you know, hammer this new thing into me, I'm just going to pick it up and automate it for you so that we can move on from this whole thing you're burning energy on. So when I found that out uh, and when I was doing my early days of neurohacking, I was like, I can implant stuff. This is great. And so mm. I was off to the races. I did many months of reframing words and I started mm. to really become a diligent word and thought watcher and mm. reframing those. Um, mm. But yeah, it's, it's not hard. It just, and you don't need paper. You don't need time. You can do it while you're at work. You can do it while you're in the car. Um, you can do it while you're out at dinner with friends. Um, just notice, mm. notice what's going on up there. No, notice what's co coming out of your mouth. Notice what other people are saying. I'm noticing right now that Jeff is being a, a really active listener and a conscious observer. <laughs> what, what are you feeling right now, Mr. Fasano? You know what um, I've been doing lately? This is, this is really interesting. Is lately I have been listening. When I would, would talk to someone... I would all of a sudden hear what I was saying. Mm. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. Mm -hmm. And then I would, I, I would go, oh, wow. What I was doing, if I was talking about stuff in life or people, everything, not everything, a lot of it was negative. Mm -hmm. I was, my conversations were about what isn't, what, and, and I started to, and then I would say it and you go, wow, what did I just say? I was starting to take notice consciously of what I, how I was just maybe having a conversation with someone and what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And that basically is an inherited trait, a program trait, a conditioned trait from my family. Um, this stinks, that stinks. Um, you know what, uh, this person called me today and it's the same old thing. And then it, I just, wow, you know, what am I doing? Why am I, what am I doing? Listen to the energy. I mean, when we listen to ourselves, listen to ourselves. What's, what's the energy with our words that we're putting out? You know, is it low vibrational? Is it high vibrational? We don't have to talk about um, everything that stinks or is lousy about a person or a situation or all that good stuff. And that's what I was doing. And I just realized, you know, about a couple of weeks ago, I would hear myself. And after I would finish speaking, I would go, wow, that wasn't, that was pretty negative. And then when I speak to members of my family, my immediate family, that's the conversation. And it, it's, it's, it's really very, very interesting. What I was also just thinking about is, hey, the next time you're in conversation with somebody, click on the uh, audio recorder on your phone, and then after you're finished, play it back. Mm. <laughs> and see, and mm. listen to what that might sound like. The next time you're talking to your brother, your sister, your friend, click on the audio recorder on your phone, 
And when you're finished, go back and listen to it and listen to what that conversation was about, what was coming out from, from your mouth. That just, I don't know, that just popped into my head when you guys were, were talking. What, what an interesting way to find out how we're communicating with others, how we're communicating, not even communicating, but it's like, what story am I continually to tell? I realized the story that I was continually telling was what it was leaning heavily on the side of negativity. Uh, and that uh, is really shifting in my life. I don't know how that happened, but a couple of times I, I would he hear my, I would say something in conversation with a friend and I go, wow, what did I just say? Because I could feel the energy, mm -hmm. a lower vibrational energy, as opposed to saying, wow, you know what? That was a, that was a, a great band the other night. Weren't they fantastic? As opposed to looking at, you know what? That guitar player was really off. It's not about that. Life, you know, hey, mm -hmm. I'm just realizing it at turning 65, man. Got to cut that shit out. It's time. Hey, Jeff, I'm, I'm curious because right now you are, you are in a, a new season. I, I would, I, I'm going to say this, uh, safe to say, I believe that of the four of us here, in the studio tonight, you specifically are in a season of the unknown. This is the first time you launched a book and you're engaged in probably the promoting of it, the interviews that may come with it, uh, the book signings that are coming with it. And I'm curious, how are you or how are you managing the sphere from the words that you're hearing that are either being spoken or the unspoken words, how are you, how are you embracing this moment of the season, which is brand new for you? You've never, you've never gone through this, but here you are at 64 and three quarters releasing your first book. And, and here we are like about a, five or six weeks into it. Hmm. What have you been constructing in here from the words you've heard or the unspoken words, what is your relationship with yourself looking like right now? A friend of mine asked me a question today. She said, she asked, she said, so how are you handling receiving all of this love? Mm. Good question. It, it, it was, it was, it was great. And that's what's shifting inside of me. Um, my heart is opening to really receive love, which why I've always defended against and was frightened of. I was frightened of, so I created a defense around that because of the conditioning and programming that um, it wasn't safe, I'd be abandoned, be trained, all that good stuff. And she asked me that question today, excuse me. And I, I went, wow, this is really wonderful. And one of the things that's, that's shifting, um, I'm happy. Mm. And you want to know something? This is another thing that I'm learning. And this is what I've been. So, so there's a difference about feeling joy, feeling fulfilled, and then in 
from moment to moment feeling happy. That is in our heart space. What I have realized, one of the things that I have perpetrated my, my entire life was the negativity, the words, the deprecating words towards myself was the way in which my nervous system was stimulated to feel like I was alive because that's what mm. I heard when I was growing up. Uh, okay, so there's a difference. There's, it, the negativity stimulates our nervous system. The negativity, the, the um, I know I'm using that word a lot, it, it would stimulate my nervous system. Mm-hmm. And I would feel like I'm alive. It sounds crazy, but that's what it was. It was never positive affirmations. Positive affirmations land in your heart, come from your heart. Your heart is not part of your, our nervous system. Our nervous system is separate from our heart space. We have been conditioned and programmed over and over, as Ev was saying, as Josh was saying, as Jay was saying. The programming is over and over and over. That's embedded into our nervous system. What was embedded into my nervous system is you're not, you're not good enough. You're not this. You're not that. Pick at myself constantly. And then I go, I would feel like I'm alive. What I'm finding out now, and this is what I, I in my conversation with my friend today, this joy, this fulfillment, this happiness that I'm feeling, as, it, as I allow it and re- begin to receive and allow it to land, all of a sudden I felt like I'm bored. <laughs> this is really boring. And I caught myself and I said, wow, your nervous system is not being stimulated. You're living in your heart space now. So of course the ego is going to say, this is boring shit, this happiness, this fulfillment, <laughs> this joy. Isn't it, don't you feel more alive if you're picking at yourself, if you're picking at your body, if, you, if you're speaking negative to yourself, if you continue all of that? Because that's the only way you felt, I felt like I was alive for mom and dad. This is so different for me. And I'm sitting with it going, wow, I am, it's just not stimulating and I'm, it's for the first time in my life, I'm being with it and shifting from needing my nervous system to be stimulated. So I'm alive to knowing that I'm alive through this feeling of the opening of my heart. Jeff Fasano. Wow. Welcome home, brother. Welcome home. (laughs) How's it feel to be home tonight? Feels great. Beautiful. What are you yeah. going to say, Josh? Jeff, I've never heard anybody describe what I've felt the last few years before. Uh, and you summed it up perfectly. Like, I never noticed that I had that feeling of... It, it, was, it, was, it was boredom, right? <laughs> it was like, wow, this is dull. Um, but it's great. I mean, you're happy at the same time, but yeah, I... When you're used to being stimulated through negativity like yes. that, um, it does get a little, <laughs> it just gets a little, it's calmer. It's just, and that calm can be mistaken for boredom. And right. it's not. Exactly. Calm right. is peace. 
Yes. Calm is comfort. Right. Yeah. And it's and contentment. It's our, and it's in our heart. And I've always, I was always, I mean, just think about it. And you know, folks watching and listening to us, um, how many of us and you need to create some sort of drama in your life because then you'll feel alive. If that drama is happening in your life, then you feel stimulated, titillated, and then you feel alive when there's no drama. And always be careful when people say, I hate drama. I hate drama. I hate drama. Well, why you, you keep on saying you hate drama, but you keep on creating drama because that stimulates your nervous system and then you feel alive. There you go. Mm-hmm. I want to switch gears here right now. I want to move us right along, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I want to ask each one of you an intimate question because the true essence of intimacy is into me I see. What lie have you been holding on to up until this moment right here, June 1st, 2023? What lie have you been holding on to? Consciously, subconsciously? Ev? Hmm. Well, I hope to think that I speak for authentic truth with myself these days, brother. <laughs> but like I mentioned, you know, like um, because I've done so much practice and I've exercised these affirmations and mantras like nothing else from those days when I thought I couldn't or I was stupid, those days for me are over, my friend. And I think we should touch on why, why I've been able to successfully do that within my own life is because I've been able to build myself from the ground up for my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our self-talk and, um, you know, the way that we communicate with others, we've really got to note why it's so important to be confident about the way we speak as well. Because many people, as I still see, they're not actually confident in being able to express themselves or even stand up for themselves. Why is that? Well, I teach this on my rainbow serpent dreaming. When you have a look at where that throat chakra is, have a look what mirrors it. Where you've got the bridge, you've got your heart space just below that throat. And down underneath that heart space is your solar, which I've talked about, the Paniya, the sun. See, that's your will into the world. I do. I action. Another form of communication, remember, is action. So I was actioning through the power of affirmations, mantras. Mantra literally means in Sanskrit, mind, tool. Mm. Practicing those particular affirmations, I am enough, not I'm stupid. I made a misstep or mistake. What lesson can I learn from it so I can learn for next time? When, like Josh was talking about, we're able to reframe some of these things. We're able to decalcify these wounds, this toxicity that's laid dormant around our heart space, whether that was programmed down from those loved ones, those teachers that talk shit on us, whoever it may have been. You actually take your power back in being able to build your own power. You build mm. your own self-esteem. 
See, this is when you start building your self-respect. And so then you can clearly and with clarity start communicating and express from this throat chakra that I'm talking mm. about. Mm. And that's why it's called the inner queen or the inner king. It is the seat to the throne. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm curious. Ev, Go ahead, Josh. I was going to say, I, um, you mentioned so many beautiful tools that you use in in moments um, to reframe and all of that. But I'm curious, um, even as a high performer now and a highly aware person, those do those echoes of old stories still come up? 100%, brother. And that's why part of what I share with people as well is to make sure you review the day. Mm-hmm. You know, initially, you may have to do my three-by-three three method. Journal down your thoughts. Remember, the words mm-hmm. are our verbalized material thoughts. Write down these every three hours to the time you go to sleep. Now, when you go to sleep, and I've mentioned this a million times, but people out there still sleeping on themselves, review the day, replay the day, review the way you talk to yourself, become the observer, come outside Mm -hmm. of this little suit that you've been walking around and write down what you've been speaking, speaking the shite, Mm -hmm. speaking the should have, could have, do it, all of this language Mm -hmm. that, like I said, we can easily reframe through these power of affirmations, through these power Mm -hmm. of mantras, and the most important power for the power of self-compassion. There you go. There you go. I, I, I love that. And that's brilliant. And I want to ask any one of you guys to jump in here. How many of, of you have been in an adult relationship? It could be a friend. It could be a lover. It could be a wife. It could be a husband. I don't know. But where I'm going with this is how many relationships have you been in in your life as an adult? in an intimate relationship with someone that is just validating those same imprints that you received as a child, meaning you're in a relationship with someone that, that speaks very harmful and hurtful words to you. Uh-huh. Did you ever experience that in your adulthood? Wait up. Let me just mm. go through how many. Look at him. He's still carrying the Rolodex on your desk, man. Mm. I was going to say, everyone but the last few years? Yeah. Mm. Tell, tell, mm. tell me more, Josh, Richard. Mm. I mean, without um, without naming names, sure. Yeah. Um, of course. Mm. It's, you know, it. I've mentioned it on the show. And Ev, you mentioned some beautiful tools and I want everybody to write that down because that's powerful. It's yep. powerful to watch and finally listen to your thoughts and observe that that conscious observer is huge. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to go unmissed. Now there's something else I've mentioned in the past and I want you all to try this. We're in the, we're, now we're in the tips and tools section of this show and this is really important. Ask yourself Actually, first first start by observing the world. When people are speaking to you, ask, what's their motivation inside your head? What's their motivation for saying that? What's their mm-hmm. motivation for saying that? I swear the world becomes glass. Like you see everyone's innermost fears that they're trying to hide from the world you see everyone's insecurities their language is telling you the things they're trying to hide like Mm. seriously it's like everyone's stuff 
becomes apparent when you ask that one question while they're speaking, what's their motivation? You see where they're trying to justify or they're trying to validate themselves because they don't think they're lovable, like all of these things. Now, do that for a solid week. And next week, mm. whenever you talk, ask that same question. Mm-hmm. What's my motivation? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden your stuff comes up mm. and it's this beautiful tool into going, oh, wow, I'm trying to justify that I'm good enough at work or that I'm not lazy or that I'm not this or I'm not all those stories, those stories that still sit under there. Jay, that I'm, uh, you know, uh, not a dreamer. I'm a hard worker. And, you know, Ev, that I'm, uh, you know. All, all, all the stories come up. So really, really do this. What's their motivation for a week? What's my motivation for a week when you listen to people talking? Two powerful, mm-hmm. powerful things. You will learn a ton about yourself. A mm-hmm. ton. And those echoes will just bubble up and they'll be right here. So when we're mm-hmm. in a, let's say we're in a relationship, that relationship with a friend or whomever, it could be a sibling yeah. even, it could be anybody that where the, that exchange is happening and we begin to see or begin to understand we're listening, we're paying attention in a more mindful, conscious way as that conscious observer in that moment, what do we do see with that pain? information? What do you we do with their it pain? What's that? It's, you see their pain. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do we do with it then? Once we have the data. Wrap compassion around it. Do we continue to stay in it and tolerate it? Or do we call Mm. them out of it? Or do we say, not here, not now, not Mm. today, no mas, no thank you, Mm. I'm done. Well, here's the Mm. other part of that. When we, we always think everything's about us, right? So when they're verbalizing all this stuff, Mm. we're taking it as it's about us. They're Mm. either pissed at us or they don't think we're enough or whatever. No, it's their stuff. And when you ask that question, it totally makes that Mm. apparent well now we can be compassionate to that person and now it doesn't trigger us anymore Mm. because it's not about us it's Mm. about them and their pain and we can love them through that and we can got but when we're triggered and then we start that volley of anger back and forth there's no healing there Mm. there's no no compassion there preferences josh though i'm gonna jump in real quick though there's two ways to love that individual we could love them from a distance or we could love them in the, in the same environment that we're perhaps maybe yeah. living in. Yeah, sure. And then we get to ask the next question, which is, is that good for me? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because at the end of the day, the most important person to take care of in your life and to protect and to love of self is love of self. And so the, the truth is, is, what you said is brilliant, Josh, and I'm in total agreement with you. However, it can get tricky mm-hmm. because if, if we hear that, well, we, we, ha- we can embrace compassion and empathy for that individual. Mm-hmm. Does that mean mm-hmm. that we have empathy and compassion and we tolerate mm-hmm. how they're speaking to us or what they're saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. we can love them from a distance. Is that really? I think mm-hmm. that for me, that's what I had to learn how to do. Because I don't know how to separate myself from, from their stuff. And that's, that's why I've got to have boundaries. Oh, the big yes. deal. Huh? 
Yes, mm. that's totally where I was going. <laughs> Tell me more. What is what is what is a boundary? Is it what is a boundary versus uh, a a punishment? What does a boundary mean in an adult relationship? And, and there are plenty of boundaries, but what are the boundaries really protecting you from? So obviously, they're protecting your values. And you know, I've talked plenty of times about you know, if you're in a relationship that doesn't actually align to the values that you want to serve, then that's when your boundaries have to come on on board, so to speak. Mm. Now, there are plenty of boundaries, and I do a whole workshop on it, so I'm not going to go through every one of them. But a boundary without a consequence is just you getting walked over, each relationship, brothers and sisters. And I've been walked over many, many relationships, man, until I put those Mm. boundaries up. And I aligned and stayed true and authentic to my own values and my vision. Mm. I was always going to be walked over. Mm. Remember, boundaries are a form of self-love and self-care. Never selfish. Mm. I I think we got ourselves a shell, gentlemen. I think we're done. Wow. Wow. Took a while to learn, man. Check this, check this yeah, one out. Look at this nut right here. <laughs> I'm with yeah, you on it, that it, one. It, it took me uh, about 50 <laughs> something years to have the courage to set my first boundary. Yeah, no. Nice. With the two most important women in my life. Mm. Mm. I finally grew up. Mm. I finally grew up and showed up for that little boy I love today. His name is JJ. Abigail says, sometimes people show us who we don't want to be. How do you interpret that? (laughs) That's just Mm. a mirror effect, isn't it? That's a beautiful thing of relationships, um, Mm. connections that we have within our life. They allow us to mirror maybe something that we don't want to be or something that we don't want to act like. Mm. It's really at the end of the day, what we're made up of here are our thoughts, words, and deeds. That's why they say that actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. So that mirror effect allows us to make change within our own lives. Now, there are plenty of people within my life that have mirrored back to me who I didn't want to be, and that was easy pickings <laughs> for me. <laughs> I, like, I, like that, I like that term, the mirror, the mirror effect. Mm-hmm. Mirror effect. Mm-hmm. crazy world we live in you know jay i was just think, thinking about your question about um toxic people in our lives um and i was really trying to find somebody in my life and there's nobody in my life who's toxic so you've, nice. you've been, a, you've been a, you became a master gardener i didn't know no that you had, no you became the, a master the, gardener the, the person in my life who has been the most toxic has been me. Mm. Mm. Damn, Jeff. Wow. Can you say that one more time and allow that to drop down? No, you're going to have to listen to the replay. Listen to the real. <laughs> Look at Riddy, man. Riddy's dropping it down into his heart right there. His mm. eyes are closed, his hands on his chest. Damn, I love you, brothers. Oh, my God. I'm going <laughs> to love you in this moment right now, Jeff, because that's... Mm. Mm. 
Me love you, Jared. That was me too. God, I know that person's hard to live with. Mm. I love you. Mm. I love you, Jeff. Mm. I see you. I honor you. And you're fucking amazing, man. <laughs> Beautiful, Jared. Mm. Are you able to receive that, Jeff? Yeah. How's it feel? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's such a wonderful affirmation of what um, I am knowing myself to be. That's, that's why I was saying at the very beginning, the thing that what my friend said, um, how are you handling receiving all of this love that's coming to you? And then that made me think, got me to thinking about the people in my life and all the wonderful people in my life who have supported me for years. And I didn't know how to receive it. Like I said, the most toxic person in my life has been me. The most toxic relationship that I've had in my life has been my relationship with myself. Thank you, Jeff Asano. And... Um, because I have negated all the wonderful people, not negated all the wonderful people in my life, but it was what I was used to. So then you discounted what they, that you discounted yeah. everything they said and be, and all the wonderful people who supported were there to support support me and love me and love me for who I am and all that good stuff. And then I would connect with people, um, and chase after people who weren't doing that. Once again, it goes back to last week when I said 30 people showed up at that, that book event at, at Parnassus Books, and I focused on the four people who didn't. There you go. What? You know, you that was another step. And, and it's just constant steps to see this because as we, as I, continue to clean the relationship I'm having with myself, Become a master gardener. Then yeah. well, I am, I'm then seeing all, being, a, being able to open up and receive all the wonderful relationships that are already there. And then the ones that are, that are coming. Beautiful. I want to take a moment here. Josh, I want to bring it back to you. Um, you got hit. You got hit. You got tagged pretty hard by what Jeff said. I want to invite you to share uh, in this moment, um, why did that impact you so much? And how are you processing it in this moment right now? How are you honoring those feelings and emotions that bubbled up to the surface like freaking on steroids? It was my pain for Jeff. Uh, my, my heart hurt so bad, Jeff, that you lived in mm -hmm. that same dark world that I did. Mm -hmm. I know how hard that is to live there and how awful it is and how critical and how um so my heart the what came up jay was that my heart hurt so much for jeff in that moment to hear those words mm -hmm. um, you, you were able to feel insane i, I wouldn't i wouldn't wish what i live with mm -hmm. up here 
on my worst enemy. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't wish that upon anybody else on the planet. Mm -hmm. And to hear that another soul went through that, especially Jeff, someone I know and love and who's got the best heart ever. Mm -hmm. It hurt to hear. Mm -hmm. Those were probably one of the most powerful statements, Jeff, that I've heard from you in 155 episodes. Mm. Yeah. Right. Would you agree with that, Ev? You said yeah. some powerful stuff, man. He's up there. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's uh, it's it's new. This is this mm. is this is very new for me, and I'm digging it. I am real. I mean, I'm not doing that. I mean, I'm catching myself left and right. As Ev said, and I know we're, we're going over, but Ev said this, Josh said, the most important thing in all of this is to become a conscious observer of ourselves. That's what I was doing. Somehow, on some level, I would, I would say something, and then I would actually literally hear it again, like on a, on a quick replay. Wow, what did I do? What did I just say? So it's we, it's ob observing ourselves, and I've been lately in the last couple of weeks just observing when I would teeter into that toxicity within myself, going, "Whoa, wait!" And then, as Jay would always say, "How old am I feeling right now?" And then I would immediately go into that wounded child and go, "Okay, that's not happening right now." I'm the adult right now. There you go. It's amazing. It's just wonderful. Beautiful. Again, welcome home, Jeff Fasano. Ev, I want to invite you to close us out tonight. Close us out with some, uh, you've been such a beautiful listener for the last segment of tonight's episode 155. Mm. What'd you hear between the exchange between Riddy and Fasano tonight? <laughs> well, it's absolutely beautiful. It's the language of love. That's what I've heard all night. And, um, you know, why I sit back and listen is because there has to be two people within a conversation. It needs to be the communicator and it needs to be the other person that actively listens to the conversation. And, you know, when we can have this beautiful language of love fusing between, like we've seen with uh, Jay Reedy, Josh, um, Jay and myself tonight, when we can see that beautiful connection weave in and out, then we're going to see things within our reality that start to build what we want to see out in the so-called real world. You know, I've talked a little bit about some of those tools that we can sort of you know, um, implement within our daily lives. We've talked about affirmations. Uh, we've talked about the power of mantras. We've talked about now being compassionate uh, for where someone may be in their life through empathy. Um, we've talked about, you know, m many stories that really capture this beautiful essence of the power of these words and how they actually do create the sphere we live in. So the real thing is to keep it really short, my brothers and sisters, and it is a, it's a powerful quote, you know, like when we check ourselves um, and we take auditory of some of those words that we use through our daily conversations with self and others, when we're able to practice positive affirmations and self-talk, when we're able to be more compassionate and not judge ourselves for so-called mistakes within our lives, but really love up on ourselves. And 
the 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 quote that I uh, stays in the back of my head is that words are that powerful, my brothers and sisters. That the words that we use create the house we live in. Now that was mm. a quote that I remember mm. hearing back in the day, mm. and that particular quote speaks a thousand mm. words. You know, so they say a picture speaks a thousand words. Mm. But always remember, my brothers and sisters, our actions are going to be as much powerful as the words that we use. Mm-hmm. So be making sure that we're able to, like I said, be aware of some of these words that we're using, but always take ownership and responsibility for the house that you've built for your life. Mm. Wow. Beautiful, Ev. Wow. Mm. You know, um, I think tonight's show may be one of the my favorite shows of all time. <laughs> And you were worrying if we had an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, for our viewers and listeners, it's, it's, a, it's a running joke. Uh, at the end of every production meeting we have every week, I ask the same question. Do you gentlemen think we have enough content to go an hour? And I get to, I get to answer the same answer consistently every week. Hey, our content comes from the infinite universe. There you go. It's enough for a lifetime. Really. So basically what you just I heard you say, Jeff, I'm gonna paraphrase you is time is nothing more than an illusion. Right. And with that, I want to take a moment to thank our viewers for joining us this evening. If you heard something that you liked or loved, please share it with your people in your life that are worthy of your love. Let them know about us. Help us grow our audience. We love you. We support you showing up. We're grateful that you show up to listen in, to perhaps feel inspired to change the trajectory of your own life, of your own relationships. I'm going to add one quick thing real quick. I'm going to quote Jeff. I hope that the words we spoke tonight have a place to land in your heart. Be open. Let them land. Let them move you emotionally. Let them sit, sit with them tomorrow and think about it again. These words are fluid. Words are energy. So we invite you to take it in tonight. Let it land. Let it touch your heart and see how it affects you. Beautiful. Love that. Well, before we close out tonight, why not? Let's just uh, have a little replay from last week. Focus was focusing on, uh, was uh, working towards what I didn't have, those, the cars, the things, the stuff, the houses and all of that, that came with the success that I was striving, working so hard for, that I didn't stop and look around at what I did have. It's a pattern, right? You know, all of these are just mental patterns. And, you know, I, I didn't know at the time I had any control over that. And slowly over the course of years, it got more negative. All the stuff I didn't have, what people weren't doing for me that I was expecting. And it was like, it became this vicious cycle of just this deep negativity. And I wasn't noticing the stuff I had. I mean, health, security, I'm in a good place. And I did have my needs met. And I did have people around that loved and cared about me. But like you said, I didn't see it because I was too focused on what I didn't have. And with that, I love you guys. 
viewers, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. A fresh, brand new episode on Real Men, Real Talk. Bye. Bye.